Hey, hi, hello, and welcome back to the Switch Podcast. I'm your host, Selena, or Sel for short, and I'm so excited because we're doing our very first full-length episode today. I was super impressed and flattered by the feedback that I got from the trailer and the overall positive response that I got from you guys of how excited you were for me to be doing this. So I just want to take a minute and just say thank you so much for all the love and support. And just thank you guys for coming on this journey and being a part of this passion project with me. So without further ado, let's jump into today's topic. So I kind of had a difficult time deciding what the first topic was going to be about. I actually texted my ex-girlfriend and I was like, there's so much that I want to talk about, but I don't really know where to start. Um, Especially hosting this by myself. It's more of just like a spoken monologue than it is a conversation so that's a little bit weird for somebody who's never done anything like this before and she texted me back and was just like why don't you make your first episode talking about how you are single for the first time at 24 years old as an actual adult and I was like you know what yeah like we can definitely dive into that today so that's what our first topic is is about being single as an adult which to some people is not going to be like this groundbreaking topic. I know that there are a lot of people my age that are single, um, but I've always been in long-term relationships. And I can go into the dynamics of some of those because I've done polyamory. I've had a open relationship. So I have been with other people, but majority of my life since I was 14, I was always in these long-term serious relationships. Which in theory is beautiful, right? Because it shows I can commit to someone and I can love someone and be selfless. But when you really break it down and dissect it, it comes from me not being able to love myself and having this fear of being alone. And it really took until my last relationship that I just got out of to look at myself and realize that that I try to fix other people and be there for other people and love other people because I was not capable of loving myself. I was not capable of fixing myself, which was very much a humbling realization to come to. But I think we need to take a step back and I can walk you guys through my dating history and my experiences because I feel like not a lot of people talk about these things out of fear of being vulnerable or judge for maybe staying in a situation that they shouldn't have been in. But I think it's so important that we do have these conversations so that we can learn from each other and be there for each other and hold each other accountable to raising your standard for what it means to be in an intimate, loving relationship with someone. But before I go off on this whole tangent, because I can speak about this for hours, Um, let's take it back to, wow, end of eighth grade, beginning of freshman year. I was 14 and I was super awkward, covered in acne, listened to heavy metal and was just like your typical outcast scene kid. And that is when I had my first boyfriend. And for the sake of his privacy, because him and I no longer speak, I'm going to name him Jason, and Jason was in my Spanish class, and I thought he was so cute. 
he was like your typical like scene emo boy at the time so like the swishy hair the band t-shirt the skinny jeans and i'm pretty sure he wore like osiris's at the time and i just remember he had the most beautiful eyes and he was the sweetest kid i had ever met he was so nice to everyone so i did what every 14 year old does and i laughed way too loud at his jokes for way too long i would try to make eye contact with him during class, smile at him, flirt a little bit. Um, But I was way too awkward to like have any sort of conversation. And I wish I could remember how him and I started talking, but I'm almost positive my Spanish teacher sat us next to each other at one point because he was a little more, I don't really care about school. And I was very like, I care about school. So I think she put us together. So maybe some of my work ethic or drive to be in that class would rub off on him but I just remember that we like exchanged numbers and started talking and would go to the mall together and then fast forward and I ended up dating him he was my first boyfriend and to this day he has set the standard of what I can conceptualize as the healthiest relationship that I had ever been in We didn't really fight, and if we did, it was a conversation. We got along really well, had a lot of the same interests. He treated me with such respect and dignity that I feel like I didn't really get in a lot of other relationships the way that he gave it to me. And I guess we also share the special bond of we lost our virginities to each other. Sorry, Mom, if you're listening to this. (laughs) But... Even when we ended it, it ended so peacefully. I remember we just got on the phone and had a conversation and we were both crying and just came to the realization of like, hey, we are too young to be in this serious of a relationship and we both need to experience life. So no hard feelings. I will always love you and wish you nothing but the best. But this is just too much. And to this day... A decade later, I do still love him. I will always love him. He was very good to me, and I couldn't have asked for a better welcoming into the dating world. So that was like a little synopsis on Jason and I. (laughs) So now let's talk about my next relationship, which, by the way, I think there was maybe a couple of weeks, a month max, between Jason and the next guy that I was with. Which, again, for the sake of his privacy, we no longer speak, so his name is going to be Kyle. So, Kyle and I started off really good, right? But it always does. Like, the first three months, you're getting to know someone, and you're really hitting it off, and it's passionate and fun. But it very quickly turned tumultuous. We fought all of the time started not getting along the only thing that we did have in common was that we were teenagers who wanted to have sex and there was really not much substance to the relationship outside of that there was rumors of him cheating on me that turned out to be true there was fights that we would have in public like at school in the hallway and I look back at this relationship at 24 and I'm like Selena like why did you stay in that And honestly, I don't have a good answer. Like as a teenager, you get into relationships and you feel like this is the one and I have to hold on to it. What if I don't find somebody else? And I feel like I just got wrapped up in that whirlwind and 
didn't really see a way out or really want a way out, to be honest. Because even though we were fighting and it was toxic and that boy brought out sides of me that I didn't even know existed, I was terrified to be alone. And it finally took a somewhat physical altercation in the hallway where we had gotten into an argument. We had stayed up all night the previous night fighting and I grabbed his hand so that we could go somewhere private and he pushed me in front of a bunch of people for me to be like, okay, this is where this has to end. And the craziest part about it is I still remember being sad. I remember being so upset that this was ending, even though it had gotten to a point where it was so unbelievably unhealthy. To the point where my mom was like, you know, I don't really know my daughter anymore. Like, you just seem so angry. You don't seem like yourself. You don't seem happy anymore. And that was really hard to hear, that your own parent was seeing how your relationship was affecting you at the ripe age of 16 years old. So I really took that and tried to learn something from that relationship while also mourning the loss of not being with that person anymore. Which I guess segues into my most recent relationship that I just got out of. I think there was about three weeks between when Kyle and I broke up and I met this person, which for the sake of his privacy, I'm going to name him Austin. And Austin and I really weren't supposed to end up together. It was supposed to be more of like a summer fling to get my mind off of Kyle. But we ended up really hitting it off when we met. My best friend at the time was dating an older guy and we were hanging out at a park and she said her boyfriend was coming by with somebody who wanted to meet me. So it was her boyfriend, the guy that wanted to meet me, and Austin in the car. And as soon as Austin got out of the car, he was all over me, like asking me questions, telling me I was pretty, cracking jokes with me, and we just kind of like immediately clicked. And again, how it goes, the first couple months, everything was great. I want to say six months of the relationship was great and fantastic. And then life started to settle in. I was, I want to say 17, 16 or 17, but I was graduating high school. He was about to be a sophomore, I think. My timeline's a little bit funky, but the moral of the story is we were very young and we were going through the formative years of our lives being in a serious relationship. So I was transitioning from being in high school to going to college to getting my first job and getting my license and a car. And he was always just one step behind me. And I will absolutely take ownership and the fact of I pushed him to grow up too fast to meet my needs, which mixed with his less than stellar family life, teenage angst and growing pains and immaturity on both ends just created this disaster for us. We broke up a couple of times and gotten back together. We fought a lot, but we also like had these moments that I think both kept us in the relationship where when it was good, it was amazing and we were on top of the world. And when it was bad, it was, I don't even know why we're together anymore. 
And I feel like we both just kind of rode those highs and those highs is what sailed us into six and a half years of being together and getting engaged and moving in together and getting pets together and completely intertwining our lives. And I realize now that I take a step back and I really reflect on the situation, it really was me being codependent and having this savior complex for him. I saw what a rough upbringing that he had, that this kid did not have it easy, and I felt like I needed to fix him. I needed to be the one that didn't give up on him, the one that was always there to push him and support him and tell him, hey, you're doing a great job, you are amazing. But I never really got what I was putting in back. So that left me feeling like, why am I not good enough? Why am I not getting the love that I need in return for everything that I'm giving you? And I always made the excuse for him of, well, he's young. He's not as mature as I am. He doesn't know what a healthy relationship looks like. When in all actuality, neither did I. Because when I look back on it, love is not making somebody the center of your world. They should be there as a part of your world to enhance it. It's not constantly putting out fires and walking on eggshells. And it was absolutely both of us that were just not good for each other. I had jumped into something and wrote it out for so long. I never really got to heal from what happened with Kyle and I kept that bitterness whether subconscious or not inside of me and took it out on Austin for a very long time but I think the difference in Austin and I was being one step ahead of him through the entire relationship I was maturing and learning from my mistakes as he was just making his and not in a spot to learn from them yet. And that's not from his lack of trying. I just don't think he had the tools or the drive to really want to heal from what had happened to him in his life, which is absolutely no excuse to treat somebody in a poor manner. But I can empathize with that a lot. So when Austin broke up with me, because he was the one that initiated the breakup, I, I felt abandoned. I felt like I put so much time and energy and love and lost who I was as a person for you. And you just get to decide that you don't want to be here anymore. Which, in all fairness, is his right, but it felt very unfair to me. And this past time, we did the typical, I want to be with you, I don't want to be with you. At least that's how it was on his end, until we finally decided, like, okay, we don't want to be together anymore. And I was really sad. It really hurt, because we weren't fighting anymore, but I feel like that should have been a red flag, because... If you're not having these hard conversations and coming to a conclusion about it, someone in the relationship is already checked out. And come to find out, he was checked out. He was sleeping with somebody else behind my back. 
and really seemed to have moved on. So I was left for the first time really alone with all of these feelings of anger, sadness, resentment, and betrayal and didn't really know what my next move was. Because as an adult, I had always split bills with somebody or split groceries with somebody. I never had to do anything on my own. So within the month of the breakup, I decided I was moving to New York City. I packed up all of my things. I quit my job. I found an apartment and moved down here and just said, fuck it. It was something that I always wanted to do that I never had the opportunity to do because Austin would never live in the city. (laughs) So I just pushed all of those feelings down and put my head down and powered through so that I could get to where I wanted to be. And I was riding this high for the first week and a half of being in a new city and being like, yeah, I did this and I did it all on my own. I don't need anybody. I got this. It's just me and that's all I need. But then I kind of hit this wall where I didn't leave my bed for three days and I didn't understand why. And I came to the conclusion that I didn't get to process anything that had happened. I just had to keep moving because I had no option of failure. The only option I had was to make my situation work for me. And luckily, I have such amazing friends as a support system because it got really dark for a minute. At the sake of oversharing, (laughs) I've struggled with eating in the past and that resurfaced. I was not eating I was not bathing. I had stayed in my room for a full 24 hours, basically in the dark, listening to music and crying on and off and unable to process why I was feeling like this. And I just remember thinking to myself, when does it get better? When do I get to feel okay again? I've spent well over half a decade making sure that somebody else was okay. And now they are, and they're okay without me, and that's great. But I feel like shit. So that was a really hard pill to swallow. But now that I've had some time pass, and I'm looking back at how I felt for those couple of days... And looking back at the relationship as a whole, I really learned a lot. I learned what I will not tolerate in a relationship, what I expect out of a partner, what I need to do to maintain a sense of self and independence while in a relationship. And the beauty of that is I still have so much more to learn. I wake up every day And I now feel good about myself and the direction that I am heading in my life. It is so nice to not have to answer to anyone or consider a significant other in any decision that I am making for myself right now. It is empowering to make career decisions and life choices that will benefit me without having to worry about repercussions or opinions from somebody else 
And also, it is beautiful learning who Selena is for the first time in my life. Learning what she likes, what she doesn't like, what her personality is, what her style is, what her morals and her values are. Not just shadowing the people around her, but what she, as a person, believes and loves and is passionate about. And this is not me saying If you're in a long-term relationship, you should break up and go on a journey of self-discovery. No, not everybody needs that in their life. If your relationship is benefiting you and you are able to do what I'm doing while maintaining a relationship, I commend you for that. But I'm also a very solid believer now, which I was not before, that people absolutely need to be alone. You need time to figure out what it is you want out of life. And it doesn't matter if you're 18, 24, 30, 45, because what you want out of life changes. And that is so beautiful and so normal because we are supposed to be ever-changing, evolving people. We're not supposed to stay the same person that we were when we were 20 when we're 40. Life and the life experience is about growth and change. And if it wasn't for Austin making that decision to call off the wedding and call off our engagement, I would have never been able to be going through this experience that I am right now. So that is a good that I take out of something that I thought was actually going to destroy me. And I feel like that's kind of where my mindset is at. I have a very dear friend of mine who always says to me, there's good in everything. And at first, when he would say this to me, it was right off the cusp of the breakup. And I couldn't find any good in anything. But I look back now, and there really is good in every situation no matter how much it hurts i think you always need to remember that it's going to be okay because it has no option but to be okay you are in control of your life you are in control of decisions that you make for yourself You have to rely on yourself to make you happy because if you put your happiness in other people, you will be disappointed every single time. And that's not me being cynical because I had a failed engagement. That's not me being pessimistic in love because even after all of this, I really do still believe in love. I'm just now realizing that before I let anybody love me, I have to love myself. Before I let anybody know me, I have to know who I am and be so unapologetically myself. And I really do believe that everybody needs to do this at some point in their life. You need to be able to sit with yourself and reflect and see what you like, what you don't like and what needs to be improved on before you can let anybody enhance your life or enhance anybody else's life for that matter. 
at this point, it would be absolutely reckless to jump into something with somebody so quickly. Because, yeah, I've realized a lot of things. I'm working on a lot of things. But I also have so much more that I need to get done before I can devote any of my time to anybody but myself. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. There is absolutely nothing wrong with being selfish with your time, your space, and your energy. And that doesn't mean that you have to self-isolate yourself if that's not something that you want to do. Like, for me, I am safely, because we're in a panoramic, casually seeing people. I'm in the dating world for the first time as an adult, but I am very upfront with the fact that I am not willing to commit to anything or anyone at this moment in time. And I'm noticing that the more that I'm coming into my moment, so to speak, I'm starting to attract the right people into my life. And I'm also a lot more confident in setting boundaries with people and not tolerating anybody's bullshit anymore. Because again, I've made excuses for everybody in my life that I've had any sort of romantic relationship with. I've always given them a fallout for their behavior and I'm not doing that anymore. And I have to admit, it feels really good. It feels really good to be in a space where I'm owning my power and I am owning and honoring myself. And I feel like everybody deserves to feel this in their life. No one should ever feel how I felt the last couple years of my most recent relationship. I felt stuck. I felt like I had no way out. I felt like, okay, this is the best my life is ever going to be. I have to suck it up and I have to make the best of a bad situation. When in all actuality, it is your choice. You can choose not to be in that bad situation. And I know that this gets kind of complex when there's physical and even emotional and mental abuse involved, but there are people to reach out to for help and that is you making a choice to end something that no longer serves you and is no longer beneficial to your life. No one should ever feel like they have to settle for less than they think they deserve and a lot of this journey that I'm on is raising that bar of what I think I deserve. And everybody should raise the bar of what they think they deserve. Because you are unique. You are beautiful. You are powerful. You are loved. You are so unbelievably loved and special to so many people in your life that you should never have to water yourself down and lose yourself to please somebody who is supposed to be there to go through life with you and love you. <laughs> Which is kind of funny, right? Because as I was going through this breakup, I'm sitting in Austin's car and I will never forget this. He looked at me and just said, you're too much. 
you're too much, you're too loud, you're too opinionated. And at first, that kind of hurt my feelings, right? Like, nobody wants to be told that they're too much to handle. But that was the best compliment anybody has ever given me, whether it was meant to hurt my feelings or not. I am too much. I am loud. I am opinionated. I make myself known when I walk in a room now because I know I deserve to sit at that table. And I love myself for that. And one day, somebody is going to love the fact that I am too much. And that in itself is such a fucking cool realization to come to. That someone on this earth one day is going to genuinely fucking love me for me. For my bad days, for my good days, for my bad mental health days, when I'm feeling like shit, when I'm on top of the world, somebody is going to look at me every day and say, I choose you and I love you no matter what shape or form you come in. And right now, that person that I'm talking about is me. So technically, right now, I'm dating myself. I'm falling in love with Cell. And her bad days and her good days, I'm her cheerleader when things go good and I am her hug when things feel like shit. And I'm changing my savior complex for saving broken people and turning that into saving myself and fixing me. And it's beautiful and it's messy and it's uncomfortable sometimes, but I need this. And now that I'm doing it, I feel like everybody should be doing this. Date yourself. Fall in love with yourself. Don't depend on somebody else to put you back together again. Don't depend on somebody else to love the pieces of you that you cannot love. Make decisions that make you genuinely happy. Be selfish. Be selfish. It is the most beautiful, self-serving thing that you can do for you in this lifetime. Because at the end of the day, people will come and go in your life. That is the natural flow of life. But you, you are stuck with you until you go six feet under. And I know that sounds very cliche and very Tumblr post of 2014. I get it. And I used to roll my eyes when people said that. But it's the goddamn fucking truth. So, I guess I'll get off my soapbox for today. <laughs> I really appreciate each and every one of you taking the time out of your day to listen to me rant and rave. <laughs> I will have all of my social media linked down below in the description. Also, if you wouldn't mind maybe following and subscribing, depending on which platform you're listening to this on, as well as maybe leaving me a review on what you thought of the first episode, that would be fantastic. And again, thank you guys so much for tuning in, and I will catch you next week on Switch. Switch.